Hi. Hi. Oh, what a day. Yep. Oh, we, re- we recorded a full show. It's done. We did. You're the about problem, to hear it. It's just not going to sound great. And the reason is we're dealing with a studio that is on its way out. And, and you have to imagine, like, if you've ever had a terrible car yeah. that is, is on its last leg that you literally ran into the ground and you were like a, a month away from the lease starting. But you know, you're not really sure that the car that you did have is going to make it. That's where we're at right now. I drove a 1995 Ford Taurus station wagon until it was about 16 years old and it died in the middle of a left turn. <laughs> there oh you God. go. <laughs> I was scared. That's Are a good you spot. Okay, Steve? I am. Is that why you have so many issues? <laughs> Did you get hit? Did, was it an I need, to, I need to know what issues you think I have. <laughs> well, we, I was talking to Steve earlier, actually. He called me, and he's like, I'm stopping at a gas station. I'm like, okay, I mean, don't speed to get here. And he's like, no, don't worry, I won't. I'm like, no, nah, I, I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but I have an Italian mother, and that's how a lot of phone calls end. It's okay, be safe. No speed. Like, oh, so she doesn't sound like that, but one day she will. couple things we didn't get to throughout the show, because the audio quality is going to be good, but it's not going to be great. We're going to have to use the camera audio. Yeah. Um, couple things. Yeah. First thing is Marley's stuff. Marley's stuff. Sorry, it sounded like you were in the middle of a word. Well, and I was, quit. and and what happened was my tongue got caught in my mouth. Marley's Marley's. So uh, October the twenty second, featuring Nikita Sosnikov. That's probably, probably probably, and we'll get into that. Or in, uh, I'm just pulling up the email here because, of course, I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> uh, but I want to let you know that, and we're gonna we're gonna release this promo code that we are having a Steve Dangle night. Again with the Toronto Marlins. What's Steve Dangle Podcast Night? It is Sunday, October twenty second. Steve Dangle Podcast Night officially. That will be the name of the night. They are naming the game after the Steve Dangle Podcast. How cool is that? Like, are they actually going to say welcome to? Yeah, Steve Dangle Podcast Night. Get the. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, And there is a. uh, uh, There's a. We're going to put this out, but the promo code is SDP Oddcast. SD podcast. Um, Yeah, SD podcast. So anyway, uh, it says Steve Dangle night, Steve Dangle podcast night, exclusive post game state skate with Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. So bring your skates. We're going. Not only are we going to watch the Charlotte, the Charlotte Checkers take on the I think dominant Toronto Marlies. But we are also going to skate on the rink afterwards just to ring in the hockey season. We wanted to do it earlier, but we couldn't. So that was the night, October the 22nd. Keep that in your calendar. Also, next Tuesday. Well, so here's the adventure we're going through right now. So the computer crashed, so we lost this episode mm-hmm. while on these microphones. So you're going to hear it. Um, also, one of the microphones isn't all that good. The wall mic, you're wondering what that humming was coming from. Like, it was a wall mic. It literally, yeah, like it does not work. Steve, talk into the mic. Jesse, do this. No, the shit doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a problem. And it's happening at the worst possible time. Because booked for Tuesday, October the 3rd, and we've had them booked for a very long time now. And we had to reschedule them as well. And it just sucks that they're rescheduled for this time. So... Get ready for the adventure of a lifetime as we try to find a studio for Ron McLean. Ah! I just hope you'll be able to hear him. Me too. Uh, it's it's like being caught in the middle of an intersection in a 1996 Ford Taurus <laughs> with Ron Station McLean. Wagon. State. Station wagon with Ron McLean in the back seat. Uh, so we're we're that's what we're dealing with right now. Listen, it's a podcast. It's not like people are making big bucks here. So we are. We you know we, how fancy Adam is. 
What's How that? He makes Ron McLean ride in the backseat. Not not up front. See, I think when was the last time Ron McLean rode in the front seat? Because like he's a fancy man. He doesn't drive. Yeah. He didn't have to and drive. also, I mean, a Ford Taurus station wagon, there's room in the back. <laughs> There's junk. In, there's room for junk in that trunk. There's a little Does bit Ron of room. McLean have yeah. junk in his trunk. I'm 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 the physical embodiment of a Ford Taurus <laughs> station wagon. That's what my body looks like. I have a huge ass. So that's it's like a shelf. Yeah, like a shelf. It's documented. Something you can place things in or on. So, well, maybe not. <laughs> oh, anyway, goodness. Anyway, uh, doctor's fingers. <laughs> is oh, Ron McLean is coming on this show. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so Ron McLean will be on next Tuesday. Yes, we will have a studio. We'll figure it out. But in the meantime, don't tweet us. We know, and we feel bad enough about it. Uh, <laughs> or, or do tweet us no! to be annoying. Hey guys, I don't know if you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> please, everyone, tweet Steve and tell tweet, him that there's mic problems. You know what you need to do, hey guys, listener here. Uh, <laughs> tweet Steve directly. Actually, yeah. just Steve though. <laughs> Talking to the mic because we know Steve doesn't read his mentions all the time. <laughs> you know what I've been getting in my mentions for the first time ever? Speak up. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, anyway, if you love this show, you will tweet Steve. Hey, no! did you know there's no! audio problems? <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Anyway, Thank get you. ready for the start of the Steve Dango podcast right now, even if it is a little muffled. Hey, control fools. Panago Pizza presents SCP. The Steve Dango podcast with your hosts. Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Wow! Wow! When was last time the three of us did a show just the three of us? Uh, I meant to look that up. I can look that up for you right now if you want. How about Jesse looks that up? Great. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. Well, I mean, I think we've had a great run of guests, but I've, I've just missed... You know, sometimes you need some intimate time with your partners? You know? Yeah. You just want to, like, you want to yeah. hang in and watch movies rather than hang out with all your cool friends? Yeah. I think that's that's what I feel like this episode is. We just got our we got our friends. We're all back together, uh, and it, it's great that the season's starting. But you know, I needed a little us time. It's like when I went to Halifax. Mrs. Dangle was like, "You get one night where you can hang out with all your friends and talk about hockey. Mm-hmm. The rest of the of the time, it's us getting drunk together. Yes, yeah. uh, you and me time. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seafood." Seafood and drunk and fried pepperoni. Mm. Mm. I did. Have did you that. have that? What did you think? You know, you know what I've started to discover the more places I travel is every place's thing is not necessarily good. <laughs> you don't like fried pepperoni? It was all right. I was sober. I feel like that is a very drunk thing. Where did you have the fried pepperoni? Oh, oh, what was the name of the place? It wasn't place? the Lower Deck, was it? If, no, it wasn't Lower Deck. If you think you need to be drunk to have it, then it's not good. No, it is You don't good. need something to enhance the food if yeah, it's but good. Like, like, I don't know. Like, like I think who's frying pepperoni? How hard could that yeah, be? Yeah, I'm pretty that's sure it's pretty good. good. You don't right. have to be drunk. Have you it. ever had poutine from a certain place, sober and then drunk? Poutine is good regardless. If it, if you need to be drunk, some poutine. Is if good. you need to be drunk to enjoy poutine, then you're not eating good poutine. Maybe you're right. I have to be honest. Sure. I've had a lot of bad poutine, so I've been a little turned off it. I've had a lot of bad poutine too. So I, I poutine's I, not very good. That's wrong. It's just a lot of places make it shitty. Yes, no. I think that's what it is. I think if we were to go to like Montreal and get it for real, yeah, it would be good. Just, I've heard that with corned beef sandwiches. There apparently they have like street corned beef sandwich vendors. So like if you're drunk in Montreal and you want a sandwich, they'll give you. And they said it's the best deli deli ever. Last time I went to Quebec, we just we went to the convenience store and we just bought a pack of cheese curds. Oh. 
And just ate them. They're the best. Out of the bag. Oh! And they make like a squeaky sound. Yes! In mouth, yes! Like, oh my god, they're so good. You know what's the best is the white cheddar cheese curds. I think that's what we had. Those are the best ones. It was ones. really good. It's just like white cheddar mac and cheese, man. Marble. Also, uh, good. also our friend Nate, if you, if you guys have tried white mac and cheese, and I, I know many of you have, every time somebody tries President's Choice white, white cheddar mac and cheese, they're like... I just wanted to let you know I'm trying this, and and then they always followed up like 20 minutes later with, "Oh my god, that was so good!" Oh my god, that was so good! Like Panago Pizza. Too. Nate said, our, our, "Our good friend of ours, that named Nate, uh, who's on the Full Strength podcast, said, try it with a little Parmesan on the top. He said you will not regret it.' I'm like, I have not tried that, but I will try that. That's like everyone's favorite like KD recipe. They're like, hey, hey, you know what I do? I add a little green cool. onion. Green onion's amazing. Add a little green onion. Green onion on anything. All right, hey. Uh, Josh Anderson has requested a trade. This is breaking news before we actually started a show. How about that? There's a lot going on. So Josh Anderson, 17 goals, 12 assists last year with Columbus, took a big step forward. Um, but, you know, I think that they were they were really counting on him. You know, he's a young guy, uh, really, really counting on him to be a big part of the future and, and to take another step forward with the team this year. Can you say that total again? 17 goals, 12 assists. Really? Yeah. Now, I know that doesn't sound like... Remember they're playing uh, Remember their coach, right? Remember they're, kind of, they're playing Tortorella hockey So everybody's numbers go down a little bit But he was a They were val- a 100 plus point team I know They were one of the top five teams in the I'm league I'm not saying that the team points go down I'm Sorry. saying that the scoring goes down, right? Like look at the Sedins even under under him I guess But he's he's a third line player Why is he? Like that is I think they were Connor, Connor Brown is holding out for a new contract Like no <laughs> Well I think that he's one of the guys That they really see as as the future I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the stats one more time Because I always feel like I'm going to get them wrong <laughs> um, I don't think he played a full season by the way I he think played he played 78 was, games 78 games yeah, yeah, so yes. Pretty full <laughs> Full-ish season yeah. um, He played a full season But I think yeah. you know we're, we're looking at as Toronto fans as well, what do you mean? Only 17 NHL goals. What do you mean? Only 12 assists. We're a little bit spoiled here. If if any Toronto player ever got that before Austin Matthews, William Le- Nylander, Mitch Marder, Connor Brown, lock him up. Six years. Yeah, Pasternak money. He's a fourth round pick. The year before, he played 12 games and had one goal. And last year he had 17 goals. Why? They're, so uh, why like, does he deserve to? Hold out. First off, I don't. I, I don't think there's a dearth of great news out there right now. There isn't a whole lot that isn't White House, Sidney Crosby, Penguins making a statement, Mike Sullivan saying they're not. You know that sort of thing. Sure. Which, by the way, we're not touching on today. We're done. I there's not I much more to say. Felt we said an adequate amount last show. Yeah. I read the positive response and felt like we did a good thing. I read the negative response and felt like we did a good thing. Yeah. I'm done with it. If you guys are. Yeah. I think we're done. But Josh Anderson and the team, this is this is a part I love about this contract negotiation. So he, he is a less than a 20-goal scorer, and, and I know, listen, I am not trying to sell you guys on 29-point score, Josh no, I'm Anderson. I'm just asking the question what's going on in his head that he thinks he's so good that he can demand a trade. Well, this to me just sounds like a player who's not totally in love with Columbus based on the article Elliot Freeman released. So, uh, John Tortorella team, you know, we kind of alluded to, it's got a uh, style outside of Sergei Bobrovsky, who was the best goalie in the NHL last year. Who's Columbus's star? Like big star? Zach Wierenski's a, an extremely good player. I think he's going to be that. Yeah, like Nick Foligno. Like they're a cast of very good players 
Like that that's a committee team. Though. Seth Jones. Seth Jones, that's not like a But he's not star. I know I see what you mean. He's you know not like I mean? a Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Yes, I get that. Um so after the original publication, Columbus GM Yarno Kekalainen reached out. This trade request is news to me, he said, and we are not looking to trade Josh Anderson. Now, beyond that, the article goes. I'm just going to skip over the next part of yeah, the article sure. because this is we my both favorite read the part. Same thing. <laughs> my favorite part. My favorite part of this is that they are as little as 150 grand a year apart. They're looking, working on a three-year deal. Yeah, that's a guy who just wants out. And no, well, Columbus is not moving, and his team is not moving. His people are not. They won't. They will not settle on seventy-five thousand dollars more. Because Col- that's the middle. Columbus didn't request a trade. Right. And what's interesting, okay, yeah. so if Yarmo Kekalainen comes out and says the trade news is request, uh, the trade request is news to me, does that mean it is, or does that mean he's just playing ball? Because all of this, the fact that this even leaked, is a negotiation tactic. A trade request in itself makes the player look bad, always. Uh, the GM coming out and saying it's news to him makes him look even worse. So if we're going to put on the tinfoil hat there, Adam, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. A little gamesmanship? Maybe a little bit of gamesmanship. And what else was interesting that they mentioned in there is supposedly there were some trade negotiations going on with the Colorado Avalanche regarding Matt Duchesne. And the Avs inquired about Josh Anderson being a part of that trade, and the Blue Jackets said no. Wow. So, like, is Josh Anderson trying to go to the Avalanche, or... I'm just going to say, imagine, imagine you're, you're going to go from one of the NHL's top teams to the NHL's definitely worst team. Over $150,000 a year. I mean, it's a lot of money, but when we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, how much money is it? Something stinks. It sounds like he doesn't like Ohio. Yeah, something stinks. What's not to like about Ohio? What's wrong with Columbus? <laughs> LeBron plays. Yeah. If it's good enough for LeBron, it should be good enough no. for anybody. <laughs> no. And Dwayne Wade. And Certain things are legal Derek in Denver Rose. that aren't legal in... Yeah, but I don't know if those... I don't know, dude. I don't know if those don't things know. are legal in the NHL. I know. I'm I know. Um, anyway, it's a... It's an Is, in- what's the state? Denver or Colorado? It's Colorado, right? Colorado's a state. Okay, yeah. thank you. But Denver's where they play. Ignorant Canadian. Um, yeah, so I think, I, I, I find it interesting, and Jesse, I think you make a good point. Who is this guy? I don't get, like... Who is this guy? How many points did Zach Hyman have last year? That's a good question. And I'm not, like, for all the Columbus fans that are going, Whoa! right now, listen. Listen. I get it if, if you know, this is a guy that you watched and you love. But remember... 28. 28, 10, so, and 18. So, Zach Hyman. So he's a point off. He, Zach Hyman, who we complain about, didn't score enough points. And Josh Anderson, oh, up and coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Like, work with me here. They're on different teams. They didn't yeah, play on the same line. Austin Matthews was 19. <laughs> That's hurting my head. I'm going to stop that. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, it's very strange. And what's great now is most teams uh, start training camp with very few surprises, right? (laughs) The Sens are without Eric Carlson right now, for example. That's not a surprise, though. They knew that was coming. And by the way, later on in the show, I've got some quotes to read from Eric Carlson about his new bionic ankle. And oh my God, it might... (laughs) 
it might make you cringe so hard, so at, very hard. At what point is he like not allowed to play anymore because he's half Borg? Yeah, like it's it's not fair. He might be the real Borg man. Ah, uh, you right. see, because, because well, Swede, yeah. you know, because you right. know what's with those Swedish ankles anyway. It's Peter like, Forsberg? what's the deal with sweet and sweet and sweet and really, That's a very niche comedy, Adam. Um, uh, sorry, I was going to say, anyway. Yeah. So there's no surprises when training camp starts. Now is around the time where wrenches start to get thrown into the cogs. And here's one for Columbus. Josh Anderson requests a trade. There's been a wrench in the cog the whole time, so I guess it's not a surprise for Colorado. Matt Duchesne badly wants out. Mm -hmm. St. Louis, a team that looked like, again, a cup contender, like they are. Well, we're going to get to them. At the beginning of the year. Right, but they're hurting. Hurting. They need some personnel. So you're seeing all these little stories develop. And with a few more preseason games left to play, you never know. Kasperi Kapanen last night, he took a spill in the offensive zone going into the end boards. <gasps> like if he's going five kilometers an hour faster, that might be an ankle in the next three to four months. Right. And actually, when I was when we were at the the uh, Rico last Friday watching uh, the Leafs play, my friend Philippe, who I was with, um, said every single time Austin Matthews got on the ice, he's like, I don't like this. I said, What's, what the hell is the matter with you? We're watching Austin Matthews three rows from the ice. What? Like, we paid $100 for preseason tickets. How can you not love this? And Austin Matthews had played, had like, a great game. And he's like, I just, I can't, I can't. And then there was one point where Austin fell, slid into the corner that we were in. He was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because oh my God. he doesn't want him to get injured in preseason. Some Johnny Tryhard trying to make the team wants to be in the show is just going to elbow him in the face and you never know. You I'm, just never know. So I'm looking at the Columbus Blue Jackets roster, and it, it says that Josh Anderson is a right wing, right? I think so. So here's here's what we have. Nick Foligno can play left or right wing. Cam Atkinson, who's actually... Cam Atkinson's up at the end of the season. 35 goal scorer, Cam Atkinson. At $3.5 million. So that's like, what is that, $10,000 a goal? So um, maybe that's a reason for Columbus to dig in, right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, you got Boone Jetter, who can do center and left wing. And then you've got Calvert, uh, Milano, Sonny Milano, uh, Artemi Panarin on the left side. Oh, I forgot about uh, that. Oh, man. Marcus I don't know how to pronounce Marcus. I mean, that was so bad, I don't even know who you're referring to. Hannah Kakinen. Hannah Kakinen. I've never heard of him. I'm coming around. Come on over. I am coming over. Hannah Kakinen? I'm embarrassed, but I don't know, man. I never heard of it. Hannah Kynan. Hannah Kynan, thank you. Um, And then... Which is still probably wrong, by the way. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They've got... My point is, they seem to have some depth on the wing. Oh, um, and it's you know obviously you know you feel you feel seventeen goals, but you can replace seventeen goals. You can replace seventeen goals. You can replace twenty twenty five goals. Um, what's his what's his what's might make the team this year? Who's that? Um, he was the third overall pick. Uh, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who can play? Who will you know? He can play center, but that's a guy that can you know you as we've seen with Mitch Marner and William Nylander, centers in the minor leagues tend to work really well in the wing. And wasn't the whole thing with him like he started playing center halfway through the year he was drafted? Yeah, <laughs> just to boost that value. Like, um, let's just yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. He's a he's a very very talented player. They've got they got a pretty good deep system. Um, so I wonder 
where Josh Anderson's leverage is going to come on here. And, and, and it's like it's at a certain point, you're missing training camp. You basically missed it. Now you're going to start the season behind, so you're already going to look bad. I mean, like, it, he's uh, he's supposed to be going over to Switzerland to train. I just don't know. At this point and in your why career. Why Switzerland? I guess I, there might be a connection with the agent there. I don't, I don't know. know if it's him or his agent. Like, he might be getting bad advice here. What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't understand. Like, when you're digging in over that little amount of money, it's two guilty parties for sure. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're fighting over, over the course of three seasons, we're talking an amount of money that is not even league minimum salary for one year. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of money to us people. But again, to us common folks. Us common folks. Mm. But remember, if he has three great years, if he signs this contract, and he, let's say he loses out 150, 150, 150 is $450,000, okay? Yeah. So he loses out on that money over the course of that many years. How much... Does a second line, let's say Josh Anderson's a second line right winger who is a perennial 20 goal scorer. Yeah. Which is a, a pretty fair, fair guy. What does a second line right winger in this league make? I, I'm all for players going out and getting their money. Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point, read up on history. Players don't come out on top in these scenarios. No. Like almost ever. Well, but but my, my question really All you do is lose money. What is a second line right winger worth in this league? A second line right winger, well, it. Depends, because like teams find a way to get guys on the cheap. Like, here, here's a good example. What is Connor Brown? He's going to be on the fourth line to start the year. But there's That's other- a twenty goal scorer who at times played on the quote unquote first line, sometimes on the shutdown line. Like, I would call him roughly a second line winger. Two point one million. He's he making. makes two point one million. So if you're already making, let's say you're. But then there's JVR who makes four, and it's a sweetheart deal. Yeah. So the answer that is stupid is somewhere between six and two million. <laughs> right. I'd say at least four. Let's go with four. There's an average. So if you four. make, let's say you, if you lose out on that four hundred fifty grand over three years. Yeah. But first off, but you're probably still making two million bucks a year. I would imagine. I imagine about two million. Bucks. That's another thing. Like I don't, I don't think that number's out there. Even if it's one point five. Yeah. You will, if you perform well, get all that money back in your next contract. I would imagine Just so. get to the next contract. I would imagine so. Every player that has sucked it up and gone, ah, screw you, it's come back to them. Yeah. I think the best example is Subban. Oh, that's, that is yeah. primo. I example. told you, my number was nine when you signed me to this beautiful deal. Why are you surprised that I'm asking for nine? I told you the number was nine. Went out and won the Norris Trophy. Nine. If you agree to that deal... Come back that year when defenseman of the year. Sign on the line that is dotted. Too bad. Uh, I said nine. Give me nine, stupid. Curious That's how to hear it your works. thoughts on this. Because he made, what, $3 million on that bridge deal each year? It was less. I think it was 2.9. Okay, so $2.9 million on the bridge deal for two years. He, he wins the Norris in, I believe, the second year, right? First. First year. Mm-hmm. First, it was the lockout shortened year, which he missed the beginning of. Right. And still wins the Norris. <laughs> and he still won the Norris. He won a Norris before Drew Doughty won a Norris. He sure did. How about that? Now, let's say they'd come to a better agreement. Let's say they Montreal had said, listen, I know you want nine, but we'll give you six over six. So we'll give you $36 million over six years. Is that not one of the best contracts in the NHL today? He's probably still on the Canadians. He's probably still on the Canadians. Well, Jesse Blake, everybody. Wow. Jesse Blake. Excellent point. Yeah, not only is he still on the Canadians, 
they probably look at Andre Markov's uh, money request and they go, yeah, sure. And we they just <laughs> give it to him like that. What a tremendously different looking team. They probably don't sign Carl, Carl Alsner to the to the big money they signed him to. Like I'd rather throw six million dollars at PK in twenty thirteen than five million dollars at Carl Alsner now. Just to throw it out there. Now speaking of the Montreal Canadiens, um, last night I'm trying hard not to get excited. Last night, the least AHL team and a couple NHL players. Uh, yeah, played against and, and our backup goalie, who's an NHL player, mm-hmm. um, roughly. Roughly, looks a little, We'll get to that. We got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a that's an issue. Um, played Montreal's a good chunk of Montreal's veterans. Yeah. So people were telling me what Montreal was missing this guy and this guy. And they this were. Schlemko hasn't played. Fine. Weber was in the lineup. Drouin was in the lineup. Shaw was in the lineup. Galchenyuk was in the lineup. Patrick was in no the lineup. Petrie. No Jeff Petrie. Oh, yeah, and he scored in that other game that they lost. So, <laughs> like. Hey, at least someone's scoring for them. Look. It, yeah, totally. Look, uh, it is the preseason. Well documented. Colorado Avalanche were 6 0 in the preseason last year. Mm-hmm. It means nothing. And they have Matt Duchesne. Sort of, but it, yeah. <laughs> if you, <laughs> yeah, You're a jerk. If you look at it. Um, in the context of each individual game, that's an embarrassing loss, especially when you factor in Price was in there too. Um, now Babcock pointed out after the game, and I thought it was actually a really interesting point. Sometimes the guys who are bubble players who are trying desperately to make a team, the young guys, they're going to try harder than the vets. I think that's a hundred percent what happened. Hundred yeah. percent true. The vets try harder, or sorry, the the bubble young, players, the bubble guys, the young guys, and there try are three harder. players, especially right down the leaf center, who are trying for that one spot. Fair, Altonen, Moore. Yeah, but who needed a uh, A plus performance more than the Montreal Canadiens forwards right now? I don't know. I think you need an A plus performance on game one of eighty two. But you got to warm up. You're to probably it. right. But Austin Matthews gave gave us you know that this thing is that Sidney Crosby's still out there giving A pluses. Austin Matthews is out there giving A pluses like that. And Drew Ann did. I thought he was great. Drew Ann looked great. He looks amazing. Shaw looked pretty good. Gallagher, who was also in the lineup, looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Galchenyuk, and again, they, okay, then they then had so many posts. Who looked bad? I guess you're right. He just ran through and like, oh, they, they look good. Maybe I just, the other guys. You know what? Bad. Maybe this is an example of, because if we just went by the results for Mitch Marner last preseason, he wouldn't have made the team. Might have gone back to junior. But he looked so good. Looked so good. The puck just wouldn't go in the freaking net. It was hilarious. Yeah. Sure enough, first home game, second game of the season. Kind of what happened to yeah. Zach Hyman last year, too. Like, he, there were so many, oh, so close, and he missed. It's weird. Like, so many people who scream about shooting percentages... Like, they're giving Zach Hyman, like, such a hard time. I don't think he's going to shoot 6% again. I'm not saying he's going to be a 13% sniper. But if but Zach Hyman shot 9%, 10%. But it's, like, it's like Kadri's really bad year, which then let... Was that what you were about to say? you remember the year Kadri shot 0.2%. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. Honestly, I think it was, like, through Christmas, it was under 2%. Did you guys it was play, ridiculous. Did you ever play Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey? Uh, I no. think so. When the goalie would ago. make a bunch of saves, like for, it was for N64, it was the first hockey game I really, like, really got hardcore into. And it was three on three. 
which is why I love NHL 3s and the new uh, NHL game because it kind of so reminds good. me of Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey. So good. So when the goalie would save, do a bunch of saves, you'd fire it at him and he'd become a brick wall. Yeah. And so it would like build up an actual brick wall and I just feel like that was Nazem Kadri that year. It's like, brick wall! Brick wall! Brick wall! <laughs> the, the offensive version of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every straight. goalie just got, yeah. yeah. In 2015-2016, uh, Kadri shot 6.5%. Scored 17 goals. and then He still scored season, 17 goals. He shot a lot. Yeah, this past season he shot 13% and scored 30 goals. 32 goals. And he's probably, like 13 is high. It is. Is it Matthews? Matthews was a little high last year too. Matthews was a little high. Like the best players in the league are a little high. Shoot around there, but like that for the average player, no. Kadri's done it four times in his career. What's that? He's at uh, in eleven twelve. He had seventeen percent. Twelve thirteen. He had sixteen. Twelve thirteen fourteen. He had thirteen percent. And then last season he had 13. So he's a 13 14 guy. What was it the lockout year again? 12 13? Uh, 12 13, 48 games, 16%. That doesn't shock me at all. <laughs> that the, year the was puck crazy. wouldn't stop going. Yeah. Well, he was also playing third line with Joffrey Lupul and Leo Komarov, and Randy Carlisle had them sheltered and used them in all offensive uh, uh, situations. And it was a great. I got to give it to Randy in that season. He used that line properly. I think uh, all the Leafs were in defensive situations that year because they never had the puck. That's true. But, but every time they did have the puck, it went in the net. It did. Um, it was ridiculous. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's interesting that, you know, of course, young guys, guys that want to make it, guys that want to show you, you got your Andreas Johnson, you got Carl Grundstrom, you got great young players who, on a lot of other teams, would probably make it. Um, so, you know, it, what, it, what it did show me is a couple things. Number one, um, and I hate, this sounds morbid, but it's kind of the truth. If someone goes down with an injury... Like, let's say, remember a couple years ago, the Leafs, when they were supposed to be horror off, okay, and they were. When they when, were supposed to be TRBL, yeah. terrible. Uh, jo- when JVR, when JVR, <laughs> when JVR went down, they were in a playoff spot, or they were close to it. Right. And then they just fell off again. It was just bad. Yeah, they were never going to make it. They were never going to make it, but they were close. They, they were, were close. sniffing. They were, yes. And that was the year they finished dead last. Yes. So, if JVR goes down again, let's say it's JVR, same same game, same injury, out for the season, broken ankle, or out till the playoffs, broken ankle, okay? If you have a guy step in like Andres Johnson, or a Carl, Carl Grundstrom, or a Kasperi Kapanen, um, and there's a few other guys that you Sashnikov. could name. Sashnikov, Levo. You know, these are guys that I really feel can step into the lineup and can... Produce and maybe not at the JVR clip. I don't expect that. But if you can get seventy percent of JVR with one of those guys for less than seventy percent of the price, still doing pretty good. So basically, what Josh Anderson is risking here is like as a barely established player, you're losing your establishment, (laughs) and like you might get traded to a team like the Colorado Avalanche, which. I'll just say it for Avs fans. I expect them to be better. They missed a bunch of guys last year. Yeah, Coming back, it, it's better. borderline impossible to be as bad as they were last year. What was it, 47 points? Yeah, it was bad. Borderline impossible. However, with the guys that they had injured last year, that team chewed up players and spit them out. Joe Colburn. Carl Soderberg played 80 games, had 14 points. What? 
What? Go and look at his career. Nothing about his career suggests he's a 14-point player, but he scored 14 points. What happens if you go to that team, Josh? Wouldn't you much rather be on the Blue Jacket? There's got to be something there. Do you remember the... Uh uh, uh, bloggy solving bit where they were they're talking about it was when Dustin Bufflin was still with Chicago and he's it's basically <laughs> it's this hilarious YouTube video yes. where he's trying to teach Chicago's management how to say his last name last name Bufflin is yeah, yeah. and they're like by Fuyu Julian and he's like <laughs> Bufflin 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 yeah <laughs> and and they're and they finally are like I forget what they settle on we'll trade you to Edmonton yeah they're like they're like Bufflin like, it is yeah <laughs> so that's it's basically the same thing it's we'll trade you to Colorado remember when that was an insult we'll trade you to Edmonton yeah man now Both. people are it's amazing. You're leaving a meep meep just roadrunner trail. Yeah, yeah I'll oh, go to Edmonton. Cool. I'll buy a parka. I'm cool with it. I don't really care. Um, so with the with with the game last night, like for Montreal fans that are listening to the show, listen, let's be fair here. We had a, a bunch of guys who were on the bubble who really want to get in to the team specifically. Um, so we're not gonna we're not gonna be gloating Leafs fans over that. No, I, I I don't think there's any need to. It's preseason game. However. I don't think any team wants to go 0 and 6 in no. the preseason. And I, 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 think, I feel like Montreal doesn't have the confidence right now. It's kind of a failure becomes itself, you know, or starts to consume itself sort of thing, right? It's like the 07 and fun run. <laughs> uh, which oh that was fun oh don't you remember I remember uh, and when Matthews couldn't score a goal and when well that's uh, when he hit know, the wall that's when Austin oh, Matthews hit right. a wall with you're his right. entire career it's over yeah it's over 40 goal scorer god that looks so good um, yeah certain articles man they just don't age well <laughs> I, I tried to look at last night from the perspective of both teams Leafs fans uh, I don't think there was much to take from it if I'm honest, like, as a Leafs fan? Well, but as a Marlies fan, there might be tons. Sure. Like, yeah, they're okay. Their depth is good. Yeah, I guess I guess that was the main takeaway. Their depth is good. Mm-hmm. If you're Mike Babcock, the takeaway is, like he says, well, you know, uh, the situation is as clear as mud for me. I, I think based on, like he said that multiple times now, he genuinely doesn't know who to pick out of Alton and Moore and Fair. Um... Looking at it from the perspective of Habs fans, though, and many of them who tweeted me last night, you're looking at it going, my fear heading into the preseason was they wouldn't be able to score. And we're six games in and they can't score. They have hit a lot of posts. They've hit so many posts. So that, that to me, is the big hope. And <laughs> Curtis McElhaney, man, something about Curtis McElhaney makes me feel nostalgic. Like, I feel like I'm watching... Like, like Cujo? Hacking. Yeah, like Le- like hockey fans. Forget Leaf fans, hockey fans. Watch Curtis McElhaney. They don't make him like that anymore. <laughs> they don't like he might be the last one. Just stop the thing. That tumble around. That Holland stop when Holland was on the breakaway and he stopped it with a skate blade. That was yeah the blade. But my like there was one I think he like headbutted like the like the junkyard dog old. Uh, WWF days and uh, what was the other one? He reached behind himself. Yep. Wasn't even like a fancy glove save. He just kind of shelved it, made a nice glove save, but it didn't go in the glove. It just bounced off of it. It's just like that is what every goalie looked like 
15, 20 years ago, except they were all a foot shorter <laughs> and even more chaotic. Yeah. Like, I love when Curtis McElhinney's dialed in like he was after it was 2 nothing. It's so fun to watch because it, it reminds me of an older time. Mm. When we did Hockey Night in Cinema last year and we saw McElhinney's first game with the Leafs against the Sens, like that's all it reminded me of. Like, just stop the puck. He's such an ugly goaltender, yeah. like, in terms of style. But it's so, it's fun. I acknowledge he's not the greatest option for backup, but he's fun. Um, so, I guess going into the game, the, you know, the big question for Leaf fans was 4, 4C. And I can't believe that, that is a, that's a big question. Do we know? Do you have a, do you have a, because I felt like going in, it was Miro Altonen. Yes. But then after watching, I thought that Altonen was bad. It's just that it looked a lot more even between Moore and Alton. And actually, Eric Fair, when you, the one game that Eric Fair played with the Leafs last year, he seemed like, well, that's a good option at 4C, when we really had an issue there. This this was the kind of conversation I was having with myself. Jonathan Drouin burned uh, burn Miro Alton on the one nothing goal. And I'm like, well, that's Jonathan Drouin, and that's Miro Alton. But... If Alden's playing on the fourth line, like that's gonna be like if I'm Claude Julian, that's the matchup I'm gonna try to target when the Leafs come to visit, or you know if I catch Mike Babcock slipping, that's the matchup I'm gonna try to target. Um, so I made my roster prediction video yesterday. Mm-hmm. I predicted Altonen's gonna make the team, and I said Moore's gonna be the spare center. After watching that game and kind of listening to what people had to say about it and Babcock's comments. I thought out of the three, Eric Fair was the best. Well, and wouldn't it be interesting if, you know, you have Moore and Eric Fair, and, you know, because, uh, again, those are both defensively responsible centers. Miro Altonen, for as great as he's been, and he really has, he's been a real surprise, because, like, I remember reading the scouting reports for people when we first signed him, and it was like, we don't really know. <laughs> like, we don't know what we're getting here. He might be a winger. Yeah, he we're might not, be a center. Sure, didn't seem to stand out last year in the Finnish League. He has definitely come into camp and definitely stood out and definitely been a great surprise. If he goes to the Marlies, that's not a failure to me. No. Um, I had a phone conversation yesterday with Cap Friendly. The Cap Friendly. First name Cap, last name Friendly. Mm. Uh, I thought his last name was .com. That uh, is his middle name. It's just, it's a it's an error. It's a clerical uh-huh. error. The internet. He screwed it up at the hospital. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Mrs. Uh, friendly. Actually, it's .com. Ooh. Um, so I learned a thing. Uh, you can send a player down to the American Hockey League. Like, forget the fact that they have to clear waivers and all that. Let's assume... Any one of those guys clears waivers. You can send a player down to the American Hockey League. Uh, any player whose cap hit is less than $1.025 million. So what's that? $1,025,000. Yeah. Right? Any player whose cap hit is less than that, the cap hit for burying them in the minors is $0. Zero dollars because the rule is whatever league minimum is mm-hmm. plus three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars is covered. I don't know why that's a rule. All I know is league minimum went up this year compared to last. Right. So the dollar amount is more. So if more goes down to the Marlies, for example, doesn't count against the cap. Here's waivers. No cap it. He's an extremely wealthy AHL player. They have to pay him all his money. 
but uh, he doesn't count towards the cap. If they send Eric Fair down to the minors, he is a $975,000 cap hit. So he's still counting against the cap. Because he makes $2 million. Bucks. So he, and we still get that charge against the cap, even though he's part of the Marlies. Less than half of it, but, but still about there. half of it. Yeah. yeah, it's still there. For a guy who's not playing for you. Right. And if you send Mural Altonen down, not only does he not have to clear waivers, but obviously there's no cap hit. Mm. So that, to me, is working against Mural Altonen. Yeah. Is that yeah. Why would why don't you keep the guy who's going to be against your guy? Unless and he you is can develop clearly better. Yeah. Unless he is like clearly better. Yeah. Like this. That's the exact reason why they're sending Kasperi Kapanen down. Other than they don't even have freaking room. Um, he's waiver exempt, and you can keep developing him in the American League. Why not do that? Now, in terms of cap hit for like fair and more, because uh, that's three million bucks total. Um. Oh, uh, where was I going with this? Fairmore, Alton, and Cap hit one point oh two million. Right, sorry. Million. The Leafs can afford it. So this was another fun part of our conversation that we had. The Leafs cap shenanigans is so complex that CapFriendly.com's algorithm in Armchair GM can't properly calculate it. <laughs> wow! All of the Leafs cap hits are correct. They're all correct. So the here's players who are on the team right now, their cap hits. We all, they have all the information are good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so and then sorry, if you go to arm, understand everything. Right. I'm sorry. So the team you see right now is like four million bucks over the cap. But if you look, it has like 17 forwards. Like that's not the team. It's like literally they illegal. Yeah. They they can't carry that many players. So I went to Armchair GM. I sent down Fair, called Altonen up, called Rosen up, uh, kept Marinson though. Uh, so when I went to drag, this is this is the crazy thing. So the LTIR that Horton gets put on, and the LTIR that Lupul gets put on, if they use it, are different. Whoa! <laughs> so I don't remember why this is, but Horton will get put on opening day LTIR. So Chris Johnson just tweeted this. Tuesday at 5 p.m. is when all the cap-compliant rosters must be released by NHL teams. By the way, we should also have an answer on Joffrey Lupul by then, too. Mm -hmm. The independent investigation. Mm, that's what Elliot Friedman said. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and, I mean, I, I assume it's going to turn In 30 out, thoughts, oh, he, look, he's not healthy. He said he didn't expect much. Yeah. Right. It's probably going to be the same way it is right That's now. for each, right? So let's, let's assume it is the way it was last year. So Horton gets put on opening day LTIR, right? The second the puck is dropped, then Lupul is put on LTIR. So, when you throw Horton on opening day LTIR, the Leafs cap hit immediately drops to 75 million, and their cap space drops to, uh, from owing four million bucks to zero dollars, zero cents. The second you throw Lupul in there, his cap hit comes off. So then you got an extra five million. Right, but the problem was in arm, excuse me, in armchair GM, it didn't calculate it properly because the algorithm doesn't understand the difference between the two different kinds of LTIR. So I don't know what the exact wow. number, and they're working on fixing that, by the way, and they're hoping to have it fixed within the next week or two. The, uh, God Leafs, bless them, though. Jeez. So anyway, the, sorry, this is a very long way to get to this point. The Leafs will have in the neighborhood of $5 million in cap space 
so when it comes to nickel and diming, uh, you know, sending Eric Fair down or sending more down Alton, they don't have to do that. And they can so, still pick up $5 million throughout the year if they need to. Right, roughly. Somewhere in the neighborhood of that. So if they wanted to go with Fair more, uh, sorry, one of those guys makes the lineup, one of them is a spare, and then the other spare is Levo. They can afford to do that. And send alternate down. They can afford to do that. So they can make a purely skill-based decision. They don't have to make a money decision. Which is 100%. Yeah. And like another place they could nickel and dime and save like 150 grand, something like that, is they could send McElhaney down to the miners, again, at no cost. He would have to clear waivers, but it would be at no cost, and call up Garrett Sparks, who makes ever so slightly less. Right. And but they can, don't have to do that. And they don't have to put Garrett Sparks back on waivers. I dedicated a lot of time to this. <laughs> I, to know. I, didn't, I didn't know that there was a difference. Like, how would you... I didn't know either! How was that a thing? Yeah, um, so... What the f- Something uh, I saw on the uh, what I loved last night was watching Rosen and Carrick as much as possible because it seems like that's going to be pair three. And you, did you see the lineup today? No, I didn't see them. What? It's Riley Hainsey, Gardner Zaitsev, Marins, and Carrick. Oh my god! <laughs> well, because of course. And so, who got a goal? Who needed it more than anybody from else? Space. He from got a goal space. from space. Marissa's goal is not a goal. It's a. It's like a pinball machine. Oh, so funny. Um, he doesn't on look price, like on Carey Price. I gotta tell you, I just don't think that. And I'm not one to to trumpet the Leafs' um, depth at defense because, quite frankly, it's it's not great. It's okay. Yeah. So actually, but I was I was tweeting. Marinson is. He doesn't look like he belongs. No, but here, let me let me clarify what depth means because I was mm-hmm. saying how the Leafs are, uh, have defensive depth and someone messaged me like what the hell are you talking about they have depth in the sense that they have an abundance of NHL ready players I think Borgman can probably play in the NHL mm-hmm. I think Dermot can probably play in the NHL I think Rosen can play in the NHL Marinson wouldn't be very good but I think he can play in the NHL but Steve zone that, entries oh I know but Depth doesn't necessarily mean you have an abundance of all-star players. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they have an abundance of guys who can play Step in the in. league. Yeah, yeah, right. There so, you go. so with what I loved about watching Rosen and Carrick was first off Carrick on the power play. That was a that first goal was a bullet. That's what I was used to seeing in the American Hockey League. So he's it, got it. He has it. It's just a matter of he does. can he find the space to use it. And you know what? Quite frankly, he was put in a position last year that was pretty tough. He yeah. walked into the NHL and they put him on a second pair. That's not easy. His development's been a little wonky too. Yeah. Like he was kind of up and down with the caps, and then he was so I, I on like the Leafs, but they were bad. And then he gets into the minors for the playoffs, and then he gets he called injured. up, and he's immediately expected to. Yeah, he got injured too. That's right. So, and, and that's why Mitch Marner was less effective because he also got injured, and he was sick. Yeah. So the, I think that. Uh, watching that with Carrick, there seems to be confidence with Rosen. And that was what I didn't see as much last year. I saw you could see in flashes that there's a there's a player with Carrick. There's a player. Poor. But what I saw last night was chemistry, which I didn't see last year. Uh, and Rosen has a um, he's got feet. He's got feet, he's but got he's got an feet. ease of which he plays the game. Do you know what I mean? There's just yeah. like he's got like a rhythm. It's like how uh, we talked about players who work hard with Gus Katsaros. I think this was the first time he came on the show. And I was talking about, you know who looks like they work really hard out there? Nikolai Kuhlman. And he's like, well, that's because he can't skate. <laughs> and I was like, what? 
like his speed seems fine. He's like, look at how he skates. He skates like a kayak. Yeah, like he skate like with his stick. He honest to god looks like he's kayaking. There's an effortless Jake Gardner like ease to yes. the way Rosen moves around the ice, which I think, and, and the way he passes, I love his first pass. Like his pass out of the zone is always it's pretty good on the money. And I just like that that takes some of that pressure off Connor Carrick. I feel like they're going to work really well together. I think so, too. The other thing that I've seen, and again, because I'm a Marlies fan as well as a Leafs fan, I'm very excited about what the Marlies are going to look like this year. They're going to be stupid good. Stupid good. Andreas Borgman has continued to blow me away. And the reason, it's not the big hits. Because the guy's an animal. He's huge. Um, there's pictures of him at like a Leafs golf tournament, and he's just he's, he's just a big boy. Yeah, Chris Johnson was saying he looks like an MMA fighter. He's one of those guys who, when he's barreling down, he just doesn't. I don't get the impression he's going to be stopped. Or scared. you know what I mean? If someone's bearing down on him, he's not afraid. Unstoppable force. Yeah. What I what I was blown away by last night was there there were certain things. So let's you know when we're talking about like X's and O's here. So let's say the puck comes in to uh, into the Leafs zone, and Montreal presses. Borgman gets to the puck first, and what I saw him do a couple times was normally a guy will just flash, like throw it up the boards as soon as possible. Borgman sits, looks, and sometimes he's able to go, I'm going to sidestep this player coming at me 100 miles an hour because they're not going to be able to turn very well, and I'm standing still, or I'm, I'm just hooking around. So what I saw him do a couple of like inside moves inside his own zone and have the, the confidence to do that. Poise. The poise, yeah, against yeah. NHL players. And there were a lot of NHL forwards dressed from Montreal last night. I was really impressed, genuinely impressed. There was a play last night, and I think this is the difference. And I, I hate to pick on the guy after years of defending him, but um, like Marinson again, there was a chaotic play in front of the net. McElhaney just stopped the puck. It's in the crease, and he Marinson got the puck and just went. Got to get rid of it without taking the split second to. Analyze the options he had. Is that lack of gave, confidence? Well, he just gave the puck right to the Canadians. Like some, I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or even a lack of poise necessarily, but it's like mentally the game just moves slower for certain players. The game moves slower for Connor <laughs> McDavid. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like those commercials. Where uh, you know you see everything slow down, and the and the guy's having a conversation in his head. Oh yeah, he's gonna go this way. He's gonna go that way. I got a guy open up here, mm-hmm. and he's talking at normal speed, and everything's moving slowly. I don't know if Marty has that. I'm perfectly confident with Marty being a seventh guy. Yeah, I think he is, and I I, I don't think expecting him to be anything else is fair. Yeah, in the unlikely scenario that he sent to the Marlies, by the way. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. His cap hit would be like, I think it's... Doesn't he uh, make like a million bucks? Uh, 1.25. So it would be like two... 200 grand on the cap. Grand. Um, and you know what? Okay, so... 225. Explain this for me, because from, from what we're hearing from... Uh, I'm hearing a lot of what I, what I just echoed, which is, doesn't look like he belongs. But there is still a mathematical case to be made for Martin Marinson. So well, try and he to, had his best game. So, yeah, I so try to, but he still didn't look great. The numbers may say something different. He's not supposed to. Like, I just don't, like, that's not who he is. I don't think. So explain to me the disparity then between those who still adamantly defend him and those who go, I don't see it. 
Where where is it? What is he in there? What's the because I, I guess you know especially the zone entries thing because he's got a wide wingspan and that sort of thing. He he definitely limits zone entries, yeah. which is a big deal. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Look, there are players who are good at certain things. He's good at preventing zone entries, uh, and the eye test confirms that. We saw he was good. Um, I want to say down the stretch and in parts of the playoffs last year at that. And there were times on the penalty kill where he looked good at that too. It's when the puck got below the hash marks and he has to handle the thing. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Marty. Now, I don't know if that mathematically resulted in more chances for the other team, more goals for the other team. I just know from what I've seen, and maybe my eyes are liars, because your eyes are. Numbers tend to be a little bit more honest. But... God, he just knows how to put that thing on the other team's stick. He just knows how to do, do it. Do we track giveaways in the defensive zone? Give yeah, it's so it's so subjective. Giveaways. Like even hits are subjective. You know. What is a hit? A hit is when you make contact with a player and remove the carrier of the puck from the puck. Well, how many hits actually result in a change of possession? Right. You know what I mean? And sometimes it just comes down to, does the coach have confidence that this player can execute the system that the coach wants? And that'll be up to Mike Babcock. Yeah. You know what it is with Marty is we know what he can do. We also know what he can't do. With the exception of last night. So don't uh, put him in a position where he can't succeed. Right. Seventh defender. (laughs) You know? Right. We know he's good enough to be at least that. Right? Okay. I have enough confidence in him. And the numbers suggest this is at least what he is. And I think the eye test even says this is at least what he is. He is at least trustworthy enough to be your backup option, to be your stopgap. Fair enough. What if you fall out of love with Carrick at some point during the season? Or he gets hurt. We know that Marinson's played the right-hand side. You can put him there. What if you fall out of love with the rookie Callie Rosen? Put him in. Mm-hmm. What if someone gets hurt? Put him in. Like, it's not a crisis if Marinson has to play. And if he doesn't look utterly fantastic, well, yeah. He's not being paid like an utterly fantastic player. I don't understand what the confusion is. <laughs> What's he supposed to be? I think the confusion is a lot of people talked him up. Like and he I was think, better than he was? Yeah, but... Rather than just being serviceable. I also think that's a thing of the past. Like, there are still some people who defend him, like, vehemently. But... I, I think it's like down to maybe half a dozen people. Okay. And a lot of the people who have the numbers in front of them will still be like, look, I get it. <laughs> I get it. He does this well, he does that well. I mean, Josh Levo is a wicked offensive player. Why isn't he in the lineup? If he's so good, why isn't he in the lineup? There's obviously something with his game that Mike Babcock doesn't mm-hmm. see. Or it could be that they're just too deep, right? Yeah. Because that's. That seems to be... Levo, I think, is not in the lineup for the same reason the Kapanen's not in the lineup. Might be just too deep. There are just better players ahead. What was interesting, I saw the line rushes today, and two of the lines were potential Leaf lines. Um, It was Alton and Brown and Levo, I want to say. And then I think it was, like, Fairmore Kapanen. Something like that. I'd I'd have to go check it again. That'd be a good one. Yeah, I'd be interested I, in that. I'll put it this way. There are so many things going right for the Leafs that we're spending way too much time worrying about 
Zach Hyman being on the for- first line, Marty Marinson and whether or not he makes the team. Like, you know what? When it comes to worrying about the Leafs, we're so used to doing it. I think it's time that fans of other teams start worrying about the Leafs. Whoa. That's Whoa. what this is time for. It's time for that. Do you think... Look at them! Their shutdown line is Marlo, Kadri, Brown, or Komarov. So it's Marlo, 30-goal scorer Nazem Kadri, and either 20-goal scorer Connor Brown or all-star Leo Komarov. Come on! That's the shutdown line! Personally, I'd rather have Josh Anderson on my shutdown line. There you go. Yeah. I want four, Matt Martin for Josh Anderson. dollar Josh Anderson. Let's go. Seven team goals. I want a million dollars a goal. Seventeen million dollar Josh. Let's go. <laughs> find out what kind of he is. Uh, sadly, yesterday that Robbie Fabry news was such a bummer. The guy missed half the season last year. Is going to miss another year. Speaking of teams uh, that. Uh, Josh Anderson could go to. Right. Well, St. Louis Blues. So the St. Louis Blues, Doug Armstrong came out today and said, uh, we might look at signing Yarmir Yager now. Which would be great. I he did say yeah, that. Yeah, he, he came out and said, we're looking at it. Publicly said that. I thought that was interesting. Do it. I think they should. Why not? Do it. Um, beyond that, though, is that, a, is that another team where, uh, I mean, like Robbie Fabry losing him affects them. But is that another team that may look strongly at, you know, at Josh Levo? Uh, I, th- yeah, I think there's a variety of Joshes they could look at. <laughs> I think Anderson's an option. Levo's an option, but what, what CJ said on last show, which you may or may not have heard because of the mic issues, <laughs> which we'll get to, um, what he said on the last show, uh, was, wait, what was it? What was I getting to? Shit. I Levo? lost it because I looked down. Levo? Uh, oh, the Leafs, <laughs> sorry, the Leafs, uh, trade... What they want in return for Josh Levo was restrictively high. Yeah, prohibitively high. high. Thank you. Yeah. I just don't understand what that could possibly be. Like they want a player in return. What they don't? They don't need one. (laughs) They don't need a player. Pick. They have three fourth line centers right now. Maybe they're asking a second round pick. That's the only thing I can think of. But CJ didn't say that. And also, I mean, for a guy that probably would. I would think Josh Levo's worth 20 goals. Um, a second-round pick's fair value. If you get a second-round pick that scores you 20 goals, See, you're lucky. We, we you're lucky. think he's worth 20 goals. Sorry, I was I, I wanted to look at uh, waivers today. Uh, so I went to... Some interesting names on there. Bo Bennett, Hunter Shinkarik. Renaud Lavoie. Yeah, so I guess I didn't see if anyone got claimed, though. I haven't seen that either. Because, like, Bo Bennett, I would assume, would be a guy that the Blues would look at for sure. Uh, actually, you know who's on waivers today? Is uh, former Leaf great, Steve Alexi. Wow, and Zach Sill was on, too. Was he? Yeah. Holy smokes, yeah. that guy still plays professional hockey? He does. Where is he? I guess he was He's on right before. at the bottom. He was last year. Tom Sestito, too. I mean, if you have a chance to get John, uh, Tom Sestito, you got to pounce right Um. Yeah, there's lots of there's options for the Blues. Unfortunately, none of those options are Robbie Fabry. That's a bummer. Or Zach Sanford, who was like a big part of the Kevin Shattenkirk trade. Is Petrangelo out? Did I see? I think it was. It was. Um, They're a banged up team, man. Yeah, Berglund and Zach Sanford are both out, and then they the the Blues have gone the update route before with Alex Petrangelo uh, in February 2016. They announced. He'd be reevaluated after suffering an injury. He was back in the lineup 22 days after getting hurt. I, I think he might be 
I think it might be. And Jay Bowmeister uh, is scheduled to return at the so start of the season. Alex Steen is out. Yeah, yeah. So Steen's oh. being reevaluated at the start of the season, and Jay Bowmeister is one week after the start. How long is Berglund out? Or Steen? Months. Oh. Steen will be reevaluated at the start of the season. As if he's not playing. Berglund's out months? Berglund and Sanford are out months. So I would suggest. That's tough. I would suggest if a guy like Eric Fair or a guy like Dominic Moore ends up on waivers. Why I mean, not? A, a team with an abundance of forwards like the Leafs, I would suggest that anyone they put on waivers might not make it. So they probably know that. Uh, I Although saw, Eric Fair at $2 million, I, I'd have a hard time believing a team would pick him up. Right. Maybe there's Maybe there's a deal to be made here, but this is exactly the type of time of year where you don't want to panic. It's very interesting. This is a very interesting time of year, and I love it. And it's all going to be solved, I think, by Tuesday, 5 p.m., October 3rd. Yay. The day before the season. Well, and remember, the first 10 games will happen, and then a whole bunch of other changes will happen. Because they'll send people back to the CHL. I mean, Milan Mahalik was sent back in Game 8 just last like year. Said, so yeah. we just don't know. But the first 10 games are always fun. And every 10 games, they say, every 10 games, it gets harder and harder and harder. So the, for the first 10 games, I think we'll see one incantation of all these teams, and then it'll change again. So, Adam and Steve, if somebody put a gun to your head and said, who starts at fourth-line center for the Toronto Maple Leafs next Wednesday, who do you pick? Altman. Is that who you would pick or who Babcock you think is going to pick? It's both. I'm going to say... Babcock smarts, so he agrees with me. Right now... Dominic Moore and Miro Alton and I see as a dead tie and Eric Fair bringing up the rear. I think Eric Fair is on the team. So who do you, who do you pick? So th- th- this is what. <laughs> so in the... Just give me a second to explain my so answer. So I'm going to name all three guys and say they're a tie. How about... That's my pick. How about I, I explain my answer? Because... <laughs> because Dominic Moore and, and, and Miro Alton are a tie, I think the winner goes to guy you don't have to put on waivers. <sighs> Yeah, which is that why is, after I released my video, it's funny. I made a twenty-minute video talking about lease predictions, and there were so many things I could have mentioned and didn't. Mm-hmm. Waivers is a factor. I never mentioned Roman Polak's name. <laughs> like yeah. that guy might get a contract. He said he's hoping to get into one preseason game, mm-hmm. but he, they're waiting doctors. That's according mm-hmm. to the He, from what I heard, he's going to be in pain all year. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. I don't. I don't see how that makes sense. And you know what? Keep dude. him around. Put put him on. Pay him something. Put him. Do do something with him. But like, I just don't understand. Like if he's he's gonna he's not a fast guy, and then he's gonna be sore. Like let the knee heal. Um, keep him around the organization because clearly he's a great guy, and do something with him that's productive. So maybe he mentors Marley's defense. Maybe he. Helps out with the. I don't know what he does. Maybe he's a guy in the gym with them all. Like I don't know. If you're so keen on him, keep an eye on him all year. Help him develop. Let him practice with you. Yeah. Let him go to the Olympics. <laughs> there you go. Have him come back. There's your trade deadline acquisition. That's exactly. Polak is exactly the type of player you would give up some kind of middle round pick for. Yeah. Like around the trade deadline, even a bust, five, six, seven. A grizzled old vet who can thump around and burr, 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 be a leader. And he put on a really good, you know, last twenty games and first round with the Leafs last year. And you can get him for free. I'm not saying that's a wonderful option. I'm just saying if you want him so badly, but it's clearly not meant to be, which it 
it's starting to seem that way, keep an eye on them. Help them get better. Let them play a little bit of hockey somewhere. And have them come back for free. For free. And, I mean, then his cap hit is like peanuts. You can probably send him, like, what, a million dollars, and then it's prorated, so it's like 400 grand, and... Yeah, come on. Seven. Yeah. yeah. But he seems like, a uh, like as Chris Johnson said, a uh, real character to have around. So, and, and those those do matter. Good guys matter. Yeah, like, I've heard I've heard guys, like, even, like, the analytically inclined, like, Scott Wheeler, who was over at PPP for the longest time. I think now he's at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, he said, like, Polak's a character. He's hilarious. And he's, a, he's actually a really funny interview. Which is weird, because I don't see a ton of these. So maybe he's just... One of those guys reporters like to talk to off the record? Yeah, it might be. I don't know, but um, he seems like a good guy to have around. Yeah. You know what I've done some thinking about the last couple days? Is, so, uh, the idea of Carl Grundstrom being a uh, Leo Komarov replacement down the line. And then Chris talking about how he's the United Nations of the Leafs dressing room and how important he is and how liked he is. How important is that factor? Because what if the Leafs lose Leo Komarov and replace him with as much skill, if not more? But what if they lose him? Well, does that change? Does that team's identity change? Oh, I think the identity the of the change. team is going to have to change. Like, there's uh, there have been people who have put forward the the theory that well, you might be able to get James Van Riemsdyk at an affordable contract and keep Mar- Matthews and keep no. Nylander and keep Marner. Sorry, I don't think that's possible with Marlowe, especially under contract. The other thing, one of those three has to go minimum. One of JVR Bozak. Leo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. One of those. I things. thought you meant Marner Matthews. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, mine. <laughs> those are mine. But I think that's the natural progression. I think Leo was important the last two years and will be important again this year. And if, by all means, if you can get him at a respectable contract and you think he still produces at Leo Komarov level, then that's great. However, Remember that this team, right, like, a couple of years ago, it was sort of like he was, like, one of the captains, right? He, and he, he wore the A. He was a leader on the he team. He still is. He still is. Sort of. But those guys are going to have to make way for the guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Riley um, that are going to be the next group of leaders. And I'm not saying they're there yet, but at a certain point, that's what's going it's to like happen. Taking the training you can't, off. you can't, you can't stop that. That is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, at that point, to me, I go, okay, yes, we would miss Leo Komarov. But is Leo Komarov the only good guy in that dressing room? Yeah, you're right. Right, like, and, right. and and that's the thing is that financially, like, it doesn't make sense to me that you would re-sign him, and it doesn't make sense to me that you sign JVR. I, it just doesn't. And I and I listen. I love them both. I'm so excited to see what JVR does this year. To me, Bozak's the guy you re-sign. Because he's a center. Resign. See, I think developing Nylander at center and then moving him into that slot answers so many of your questions. Well, then there you go. Then, but you have that option of Bozak. Put yeah. him on your fourth. Who cares? Oh, dude, for four, for four, uh, four and a quarter. No way. For a season or two, then trade him. That's the point. It's it's, <laughs> it's funny. I want. I was driving here today, and I'm like, we can't just talk about Leafs all episode. We had CJ on. We're just going to be repeating ourselves. Nope. We're not. <laughs> there's so, but you know, there's so much little. With Bozak, you have options. It's not like a centerman can't play the wing. And and that's that's the thing. is that in, in Bozak ever? JVR, JVR is going to be very expensive, and some team is going to pay a lot. And no, he's going to be worth it. He's a perennial 30-goal scorer if he's healthy. 30-ish. Yeah. 
So that's that's worth money in this league. Leo Komarov is one of the best defensive wingers in the league, bar none. The numbers support it. The eye test support it. And he's a great guy, and he speaks a billion languages. That's awesome. There's all exactly so many tools. Exactly a billion. Exactly one billion. Um, <laughs> Aliens I, are going to invade Earth, and they're going to be like, summon Leo. With centerman, yeah. I, listen, I want I want to, uh, Nylander developed at center, too. I think that's great. But then, here's the thing. Okay, you lose JVR, and then you pull William Nylander off the Matthews line. So you're now you're now they're severe severely affecting two different lines here that have played together for a couple of years. Connor Brown for sure can move up into that spot, but splitting up Matthews and Nylander, man, yeah, you, that you know sucks. what you throw at that problem? A dozen wingers. Yeah, I was gonna say we have <laughs> yeah. too many wingers already to fill all those slots. Bracco, I choose you. By the way, Kapanen, I choose you. No one talks about it, but Jeremy Bracco was cut early. Janssen, I choose you. Yeah, because there's like so many other experienced wingers who are also good who are ahead of him. Like, let Bracco, who's a pretty small guy, get used to the professional game. He's not going to make the team. Let him get used to it. He looks like a monster from the very little that I've seen of him. He looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. Let him prove that. Like, they have also got Adam Brooks coming up, and if he's ready, then you don't need to re-sign Bozak. And Greening, I think, is a really good depth option at center, and is going to come back. Like, guys, the Marlies but that's are going to be something to watch this year. I wonder if they are able to beat their point total from the Nylander year. They're which, a deeper team. Which was the third best AHL point total. They should be a time. better team. I think they might be. Well, and that I, I think gross. the with the uh, I, that's why I feel like I feel like we might see Bozak, Komarov, and Van Riemsdyk gone. All of them. Yeah, I think that's I mean, the most likely wow. scenario. It's because Kadri signed for twenty twenty two. So for the next how many years is that? Five, five, five years. years. Your top three centers should be Matthews, Kadri, Nylander. And then whoever the hell you want in the fourth seat. Well, and also you got to free up cap space for Joe Thornton this summer. So <laughs> that's happening. You think so? That's happening. Oh man, I don't know. I don't think he can play with the pace. Do you? Yeah, we'll give him Milo. <laughs> Here's your pace. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, well what winger you want? We'll give you any. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, <laughs> anyway, there is some depth. It's good. It's a good thing. Uh, let's move on though to Eric Carlson's bionic ankle. <laughs> yeah, okay, I need to hear about this. So this protestness. was So I guess, you know, he's going to be out for a while. Uh, he wore a non-contact jersey and he said he was noticeably uh, short of breath when addressing the media. So they talked to him about this ankle. And noticeably short of breath. Well, because I mean, media. he hasn't skated for a while, so he was just probably just panting. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to skate on the ankle. He says, "It feels like I have a leather piece in one ankle. You can't really move it." It's going to get to take some getting used to. They took half of my ankle bone out, and the part that is still there should be as normal as possible. It's a good sign that I'm finally skating, even though it feels strange and it feels a lot different. I wouldn't call it pain, I just can't say it feels normal. With the Achilles injury in 2013, I had more trouble skating in a straight line, not so much side to side, which is the issue with this one. Going straight forward and straight backwards is no problem. It's uh, it's more being on the edges and being a little bit unstable. Not something I would publicly admit. So that's something that I'm going to have to figure out and learn how to deal with. It's uh, The feeling is that it's probably always going to be there. I'm just going to have to give it time. You ever wow. seen, uh, there's a viral clip of uh, an MMA fighter in some like amateur organization some big bald dude and he get he takes a shot right to the face no effect and he puts his hands down and he lets lets the other fighter punch him in the face no effect so he slaps his face twice like that like come on bring it 
And then the guy punches him in the face again, knocks him clean out. <laughs> I wonder if, I, I hope it doesn't, even though he plays for a rival. I wonder if one day soon that's going to happen to Carlson. Achilles slash, wham! No effect. Still the best defender in the league. Plays all playoff long with a broken foot. Wham! No effect. Still the best defender in the league. Removes half his ankle bone, can't skate side to side. Wham! Ah, look at you. You're a second line defender now. Like I can't imagine that. Me no neither. Way. Me neither. But I'm just saying it. That might be hard to recover from. What just happened there with the computer? Oh, nothing. It's just okay. Sorry. Don't worry about it. Don't the, worry about the it. The disc good. filled last time. It's all good. We're good. Should we talk about that? At no. all? Briefly? Whatever. We had. No, because people were like, "What the fuck?" Well, it was a bad microphone. We, we, yeah. We're in a decaying studio. Uh, we'll be in a new studio in a matter of weeks. Steve, talking to the mic. I don't yeah. think it was anyone's fault. It was just the, the hissing you heard is from the fourth mic that we had. Um, normally, we plug it into a wall outlet, um, but the wall outlet is uh, well over 20 years old. And a lot of the equipment we're using is about 20 years old. And the new equipment, which the, the, the company that we work for is so, so wisely investing in, is ready. But uh, they forgot... And this is f sort of funny. They didn't really soundproof some of the rooms. Yeah, they're on working on it. Yeah, so there's going to be a new that, studio. So anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we're looking into other options. It's it is what it is, right? We now. are not done with guests. No. Um. Okay, the internet's frozen. That's great. Um, good, good. So the next thing I want to talk about is the Calgary Arena deal. Oh, Adam, let's not bring politics into sports. Well, that's specifically what I wanted to talk about, because no. I find it a little bit funny. No. No. How many people are talking Hold about up. that, Adam? Hold up. We got a problem. Ugh. And then it died. It died. Right and, there. And then the show died. We were going to do a press conference, too. <sighs> All right, press conference. Steve, no. that's the first question. Can I go? <laughs> I got to go. Yes. So we got to go. Is the show over? The show is over. Yes. Ah, yeah. Oh. Here's a question. Ah. Jesse Blake, everyone. Woo. Man, Jesse, you give intense high that fives, was, man. I'm hurt. Wow. I'm injured. I'm going to have to I'm recover from that. One to two weeks. Trade Josh Leville for me. Bionic hand coming soon. Mm, yeah, Sarah Carlson. Let's end the show. Oh, remember we were talking about that and nobody could hear it? <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> I don't know if you heard or not, but I felt really bad for Robbie Fabry, but you probably couldn't oh, hear it. Oh, did you? Yeah. I don't think anybody oh, heard it. Yeah. Going? We're still going. Yeah. I don't All think right. anybody heard yeah. that. I also, <laughs> I also, um, I'm, I think, uh, I'm, we're not sure about uh, the Leafs Four Center situation because, but I'm still not sure. <laughs> we didn't that. dedicate nearly enough time to that. <laughs> Listen, we have not had a moment to just be us. Okay, so we have perfect then, because we didn't get that moment. I haven't farted. Should have farted. Should have farted, for sure. Anyway, love you guys. Ron we'll be back McClain. Tuesday. Ron McClain. Miles. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.